Hi guys, welcome back to We Should Talk, a pop culture interview series from In The Know. I'm your host, Gibson Johns, and this week on the podcast, we have the icon, the legend, the moment, Meredith Marks from The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. She is here to talk about all things season one, the first season of Bravo's latest Real Housewives franchise. It really kind of entered the scene with a bang. People immediately fell in love with the Salt Lake City women. And Meredith, to me, is at the top of uh, top of the list. I love actually most of this cast, but to me, Meredith kind of hits a different note for me. Um, I don't know if it's the fashion or the dry sense of humor or the fact that she's like from a city and brings this kind of cosmopolitan energy to the show. Whatever it is, Meredith Marks to me is top notch. And uh, I love that she was game to talk about all things season one. So we talked about you know, her, her son Brooks kind of making a huge mark on the show and, you know, being kind of divisive and whether she sort of like expected that from him. We also talked a lot about her separation from her husband, Seth, which coincided particularly with the beginning of filming and sort of how hard that was, especially because she hadn't really even watched Real Housewives that much. You know, she had watched, I think she said she'd watched one episode of each franchise going into it. She hadn't even watched a full season. So like this was a lot for her to take on and address on camera. So I think at first she was really guarded about it and that's where the kind of disengaging came from and that became her catchphrase she did it multiple times throughout the season I think ultimately people fell in love with you know that being a catchphrase and not everyone gets that in season one but at the same time I think some people became frustrated because she wasn't engaging in that conversation about her marriage even though we knew that something was going on so you know she talked a lot about that and we also talked about the origins of her quote-unquote disengaging and sort of where that came from it actually came from therapy and so we talked a little bit about sort of like that actually is a deeper meeting than just being sort of like this this kind of iconic reality tv catchphrase you can actually apply it to your own life so that was kind of fun to hear and you know we also got into her relationship with jen her relationship with lisa which you know she was best friends with lisa throughout the whole season but there was a little bit of a breach of trust at, towards the end of the season so i'm i was curious about where they where they stand now and we also talked a little bit about the reunion which is currently airing but she said that you know she sort of went into this reunion kind of similarly to the way she went into the season where she dipped her toes in she was kind of guarded and she wasn't really sure how to sort of go about it but then she kind of she says she warms up along the way which I'm really excited about so I talked about sort of everything under the sun with Meredith Mark. I told her that she sounds like Leah Remini when she talks, which she said she had never heard before being on this show. Um, I asked her about her fashions, which, you know, her style is a huge kind of selling point to, for me, you know, and she has the signature look with the double-breasted blazer and the flared pant. She had the face mask in the finale. So we talked about that and sort of how she expresses herself through fashion. Anyway, there, there a lot we, we touch on a lot with Meredith, and um, I'm really excited for everyone to listen to it. But before we get to that, there is one other show that I am like super obsessed with. I think it's having a really special moment right now. And that is Drag Race UK, RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Um, it's currently airing its second season while a season airs in the US. And you can only watch it through the World of Wonder app. And every week, you know, I get together with a couple of friends who I who are in my pod and we watch US back to back with UK. And UK just hits different right now. It is, it to me, I, I didn't watch a lot of the early seasons of Drag Race. I, I'm relatively new to it, like four or five years. But to me, UK right now feels like what the early seasons of the US probably felt like. It's not as pristine. It's not as like tied together with a bow. You know, there are some amateur hour moments and that's not even in a disparaging way. It's more in like sort of like a 
refreshing way where a lot of people are really green and they're maybe new to drag or they come from really small towns in the UK and it just makes for some really genuinely special emotional striking moments and there are also some really genuinely like high level drag moments as well I mean there are some top notch queens on this show and it's just such a fun watch there are no commercials which is also an added bonus and the reason why I'm talking about it this week is because last week on that on the episode that aired last week there's this song that they that two different groups performed it's called UK Hun one group was pretty mediocre but the other group who called themselves the United King Dolls were epic like literally when I when I tell you my friends and I watched this five times back to back when the episode ended I'm not kidding. I, it's been the song has been on repeat over the past week. All four queens in this group sort of had their own verses, and to me, the breakout star is Bimini, who I, I'm obsessed with. Release the beast, Bimini! Like she is iconic, and like I just like can't I can't stop thinking about her. I can't stop thinking about the song. I can't stop thinking about the show. So if you have any interest in watching Drag Race, even if you don't watch normally in the U.S., Drag Race UK is worth the watch. It is pure joy to me, and. It's just kind of a light in these continually dark times. So anyway, Drag Race UK is sort of my recommendation for the week. Can't stop thinking about thing. But otherwise, keep listening for my interview with Meredith Marks from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Tune in to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on Bravo. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to We Should Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, guys. All right, so we're here with Meredith Marks from The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Meredith, how are you today? I am great, thank you. How are you? I am good. I'm here in New York. And are you in Park City, Salt Lake, Chicago? Where are you right now? I'm in Park City, and uh, it's beautiful here. Not, not a ton of snow, but supposedly we're getting some more. And we definitely didn't get what you guys got in New York City, that's for sure. I know, I've been sludging around the city and my, I finally pulled out my snow boots. It's been, uh, it's quite the ordeal even just going to the block right now, so, you know. Yeah, with that coupled with a global pandemic, it's, it's, it's a lot. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> did you, being in Park City, did you, how much did you miss sort of like the excitement of Sundance and like maybe the foot traffic in the store? What was it like sort of having that year off this uh, last month without Sundance happening? So it's very bizarre because like I've hosted events for Sundance for many, many years now, even before I had my store. But town is very busy. Like we have so many people who have relocated here because of the pandemic. And so the store has still been busy. Our January, you know, was just as good as last January, which is kind of shocking. Amazing. Yeah, I'm not complaining about that. That's <laughs> for sure. It's just it increased general traffic in Park City. I think people really are trying to get out of the major cities and, and spend more time in resort areas for now. But so it's, so it's good for business. Yeah. Yeah, it's good for business. So business wise, it was all fine. But in terms of just like, you know, Sundance to me has always been a big part of feeling like I have the city in Park City for a minute, you know, for and, sure. and it just didn't happen. Life it'll is come, weird It'll right come now. back. Yeah, it'll come back next year, hopefully. Fingers crossed. So, um, so anyway, I mean, we're at, we're at the end of the first regular, the first regular season of Salt Lake City. And obviously we still have the reunion to come, but I'm curious for you sort of like, where, where are you mentally right now? How, what, are you relieved to sort of have this, this huge part of it over? Sort of just talk to you where you, where you are right now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it is a big relief to have moved past, you know, season one um, and sort of like move on. And, you know, I, I think there are certain things like 
hospital smell that I never need to hear again. Ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are certain things. It's like, we've been talking about this for a long time. Forever. It's okay yeah. if I don't talk about it ever again. That's just fine. So it's nice because there is resolution on a lot of issues. Some things are obviously not resolved. That's life. I mean, we all yeah. know that. But I, I feel like it you know, we can stop talking about hospital smell and some of those For sure. yeah, yeah, that yeah. have been like beating a dead horse. At this yeah. Point. I mean, and that's sort of how it goes <laughs> on these shows. And I feel like it, it is nice to sort of get past that. And I also think something that, that sort of was almost sort of unique to Salt Lake this first season, at least, which is that like you guys did a lot of filming on your own or with your families or just sort of one-on-one. There, there were slightly less big group situations. And so I'm curious for you as somebody who was part of it, watching it back, what were some of the things that you were first privy to just from watching? Like, what were some of the things that sort of surprised you or or you sort of first found out about just from watching it back, just like the rest of us? Well, you know, I guess I wouldn't say it was surprising because I knew there was conversation about me going on behind my back. I just didn't really know exactly what the conversation was. I had, you know, a pretty... I was pretty close on, you know, it wasn't, nothing was really surprising that was said. It was more about just sort of seeing it and having the confirmation. Okay. I'm not crazy. Everything I thought that was happening really was, it's not, I'm not a paranoid person. Like it's, you know, all real. And so at some level that was, you know, very, um, almost cathartic, you know, like, well, it's it's, it's reaffirming, right? Exactly. It really is reaffirming. It must be. Yeah. So that was, you know, interesting for me. Also just seeing like some of the the comments and stuff that were, I found to be entertaining and funny from, you know, some of the other women, like it was, some of it was just unexpected. Like I, totally. I actually found more entertainment out of all the ladies than I even knew that had in them. So it was good. That was positive. Sure. Who did who did who which other cast of yours did you find most entertaining watching Bath? Like who did you laugh with the most? I mean, honestly, it depends. Like they all everybody has that level of entertainment to them. It's all very different. Like Lisa's got the, you know, the one liners that you're just like, yes, you nailed it. You can't it. make it out. Heather's right. got like <laughs> The, the kind of wit that sometimes is a little like kitschy and, and funny. Whitney's confessionals probably surprised me more than anybody's because she had some really great lines and like that I found to be highly entertaining. I mean, even making fun of my mask, I thought that was really funny. I laughed. That was classic. That was classic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So like I was, I was probably the most surprised because I didn't see as much of that like you know, during our interaction as I did, you know, watching it back. So that was definitely more on the surprising side. Mary is just, to me, I think she's a total hoot. She's fun. And her her expressions alone are enough for a lifetime of entertainment. She's so expressive. It's incredible. And Jen, you know, you get a whole new level of kookiness out there and you're like, wait, where did this come from? And, you know, so all of them entertain me in, in totally different ways. Totally. And I think that that's one of the, that's one of the reasons why people I think fell in love with you guys right off the bat was because you all sort of have, you all sort of like serve a purpose on the cast and like you all sort of mesh well in different ways. And I think that that you know, that, that, that's hard to find, I think, especially for a first season on a show like this. It's like the cast gel- gelled really well, I felt. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting because we are all so completely different. Like, there are, are not two women in our group that I would be like, oh, they're kind of alike. 
none, none of us are remotely alike. So I think it's very interesting. And, and it's, it's not just like how we present ourselves. It's actually how each of us thinks and processes things. It's just so completely different. Absolutely. And that for me is part of what's interesting watching things back too, because it, it gives you insight. Like, you know, it's very easy to get upset about certain things, but a lot of times when you understand the process of how somebody got there, it's easier to forgive. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. And, and right, right off the bat with you, you know, I, I fell in love with your speaking voice, first of all. And, <laughs> but, but simultaneously, I was like, your voice reminded me of somebody. And I knew it was a celebrity. I knew who it was. And I asked Twitter and they, they, they gave me the answer and it's Leah Remini. And I feel like you guys have very similar speaking voice. Have you heard that before? Uh, all over Twitter, all <laughs> over Instagram. I had not heard it prior to, you know, these last few months. I heard all the time. I've always been told I have a, a totally unique voice and, you know, some people love it, some people hate it. Sorry. Not I my love problem. It. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think also what was so clear right off the bat was that fashion was a, is, is a passion for you, not just professionally, but also personally. And I think that, you know, clearly the way that you're dressing on camera was a way for you to express yourself and make a statement. And, and I think that to me, what it proved was sort of like, fashion is a really great way for somebody on a Real Housewives show to connect with people and to, and to make, and to kind of make the, their mark, uh, no pun intended with your last name, but to, to really kind of like make an impression on, on a show and, and kind of play into sort of maybe like the, the campiness of it and, and the kind of the, the, the over the topness of it. Um, and I, you know, I love your, your double breasted jacket with the flared pant. And I think that's like your signature look, obviously the face mask made a huge impression in the finale. I would just love to hear from you sort of about what your approach was to dressing for the show and, and kind of expressing yourself through fashion during filming. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, my go-to look is for sure a blazer and a flared pant. No question about that. Love. I like it because to me, it's like very, you know, I have a lot of days that are very, very busy and I'm working and running around and doing all the things I need to do and then it rolls straight into a dinner. And to me, it's a very day-to-night look. You know, totally. it's chic, it's fashionable, but it's appropriate for the workplace, appropriate for meetings, so on and so forth. And so that just out of like convenience sort of became my look. The flare pant I just love because I can wear really high platforms and look really tall. Obsessed. <laughs> and nobody really knows, even though I'm telling everybody right now. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm cheating. The secret's out, guys. <laughs> So, yeah, I can look like five inches taller and, you know, play it off. But, yeah, so that's, like, for me, a very easy go-to. In terms of the more, like, statement, fun stuff, you know, my dress for, for my birthday is my birthday. It's pink is my signature color. I wanted to have a fun statement. And, and it worked out. It was amazing because, you know, it was a runway piece from Christian Cowan. And he's a friend and was nice enough to send that to me to let me borrow for my birthday. Love. You know, it's not something anyone else could have. So that Absolutely. to me was like kind of a cool thing. The mask to me, you know, like you were saying earlier, fashion parallels life. And, and it's a way to express yourself. And at that point in time, I was really disengaged and I was guarded and I wanted my protection you know and so it worked it tied back it was um you know the crystal mesh to me ties back to jewelry which of course is my thing and mm -hmm. and i just thought it was it, it was representative of my state of mind at that point in time yeah and, and i just done got done um 
Christian's last fashion show with him a couple weeks before for fashion week. I did all the jewelry in it and he had the mask and I was like, oh gosh, this is a, it's, it's per, the, per, the perfect, the perfect moment. Yeah. And I, did you, did you see that there's now an Instagram filter with the mask? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. I was going nuts. And now it's like, I feel like all of a sudden everyone's very in tune with the mask. Like it tagged with, you know, JLo's post yesterday with her mask or the Super Bowl, you know, the mask there. I mean, it, it's you know, fun. I think like you said, I think, you know, some people aren't going to ever get it, but I think that maybe you've gotten some more people to get it. You know, I think maybe yeah. you've converted some people and you don't need to win everybody over. So it's just sort of like, do your thing. No, and the reality is that's not even what fashion is about. Fashion is Absolutely. about expressing yourself however you choose to do so. And the people who appreciate it, great. Those who, who don't, that's fine too. You know, say what you want to say. It's not going to hurt my feelings. It's something I'm wearing. It's not the core of my being. So. Totally. And so speaking of your fashion, in one of your videos, it's, it's, you're in that gorgeous black coat and it's, and it's a Britney Spears' Radar song. And I think a lot, I saw a lot of people react to that on Twitter. Are you a Britney fan? Is that some, are, you, are you a yes. fan of Britney? Have you watched yes. the documentary at all? I saw just a little bit of it and I'm not watching tonight, obviously, because I'm watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion. Right. But um, it, is, it is on my radar. My, Radar, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely on my radar, and uh, I will be watching it sometime in the next day or two. Uh, yeah. I hear it's absolutely fantastic, and you know, I just I have so much compassion for her. I mean, I, I totally. did see the beginning part, and I did see like as a teen being put in all these situations and circumstances that no teenager should be put in. It just is so disturbing at so totally. many levels. Totally. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing Yeah, well, de definitely watch. I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's just for anybody who's a fan or, or not a fan, it's, it's very illuminating. So um, I think I think you'll you'll learn a lot from it. You know, so, so going in, into this first season, obviously you had a lot going on personally. We didn't find out till the second episode of the show that you and Seth had were, were separated at, the, at that time. Did you know that that was how it was going to play out, sort of that we were going to have, like, we weren't going to find out for an episode or two for, for that information to come out? No, I mean, because the, the thing is, like, we just kind of do our thing. We live our lives and then, you know, it all gets sort of put together yeah. into a very condensed version. And I think, you know, Seth and I have been separated on and off for years. And it was really something that nobody knew other than he and I, but this was the first time we were very publicly separated. And the first time that what we had actually totally disconnected communication and were living in separate homes was at that point where he walked out. And mm. so it, it made sense the way it came across because it was a different separation than our previous separations. It was a very different experience. And I don't know that there's any way that that whole history and backstory really could have been explained properly. So it was kind of like you're jumping in and yeah. that's where you jumped in. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. And, and I'm, I, th I think for you, I can't even imagine sort of just how difficult it was like knowing that this was going on, but then also that filming was just about to begin. And, it, and it, like you said, this was sort of like maybe your like your most intense portion of your separation. And I, I'm just curious, like as somebody who is kind of jumping into the spotlight and, and this TV show and having this going on, were you able to set any sort of boundaries for yourself, like as it relates to that? Or how did you just sort of approach like, okay, this is happening. Obviously, I want to portray my real life, but 
you know, we're also filming. So I, I'm just, you know, it's, it's a lot to think about, I'm sure. Yeah. And I mean, full disclosure, I don't think I realized the magnitude of what I was jumping into. You know, yeah. um, I ha I'm not a huge television person to begin with. So I have barely ever watched Housewives. In fact, I'd never watched it prior to finding out that's what I was doing. And then I went and watched like one episode from every franchise, <laughs> which was definitely not the right approach um, at all. More, done more so, research, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I should have watched a full season. Like that might have been a little smarter. So yeah. I think at some level, I didn't quite even know what I was jumping into, which was probably good, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. Or I would have been in a full-on panic. So yeah, I mean, it took some time for me to get comfortable talking about my relationship, my marriage, our separation. And I, and I think you see that. Like, I think you you see, obviously you're only seeing snippets, but there were, were many, many times that I was asked a lot about my marriage by all of the women and I kind of just refused to even say much. And mm -hmm. it took a while for me to, to get there to understand like the process. And it's really, when you embrace the process, it's very therapeutic for the most yeah. part. Not 100%, but, <laughs> but I it believe is. That. And, and, yeah. and it really did, you know, save our marriage. It really did help me um, on my personal growth journey in so many different ways. But it, it takes a little bit of time to warm up with something so personal. Something like, like I said, I mean, something I have been separated on and off for Here's our children didn't even know, you know, that's mm. well, that was the whole reason nobody did know was because right. we were protecting our family and our kids. So yeah, it was a dramatic shift to go into a totally different. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I, I think it to me, like I, even even when you were going through your hardship with Seth, I still loved your rapport and I love your relationship. And it, it to me, it was sort of like there was clearly like kind of, there's kind of like a casualness to it. And you guys have some really dry senses of humor, which I really love. I'd love to hear, you know, wh where you are now and just sort of like, like you said, it was therapeutic. So I feel like it's, I'm going to guess that in some ways it probably made your relationship stronger in, in, in some capacity. Yes. Well, first of all, I love that you brought up the driest sense of humor because we are all extraordinarily sarcastic. And I feel like sometimes that gets lost and people take things we're saying way sure. too seriously. Do not take that other things that seriously uh, with any of the marks. Like, I can tell yeah. you that. Um, <laughs> Lesson learned, people listening. Thank you. Yeah. Anyone listening, we are sarcastic. So always question, do we really mean it? But yeah, it's, it's interesting because, you know, Seth and I were in a lot of um, marriage count and therapy in general, individual and couples therapy. Um, we were really working to see, you know, this was it. Our kids had left the house. It was time to make a choice. Either we're going to make our marriage work and go down this path together, or we need to both move on because nobody mm -hmm. should be living in the limbo we were living in. It's not healthy for anyone. And being watched all the time and being so aware of how you interact really forces you to grow you know as a person it, it brought us so much closer it's an experience that very few people have and we did have that together but like you said we even in our worst moments we grew up together we met at 23 years old i mean wow no matter what happened 
you know, with our separation and we are reconciled, we are happy. I really don't foresee anything but positive, good things for our marriage moving forward. But, you know, we never know for sure. Nothing's written in stone. But even if something were to go wrong for us, I feel like we will always be friends. I mean, you know, above and beyond being married, we're best friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the best foundation. And I, and I love that. So anyway, I think that a lot of people just like really fall in love with you guys as a couple. So it's really great to hear that sort of you came out the other side um, in a really positive way. But, and I, th- and I think along the way, obviously, and, and you, you alluded to this earlier, which was somebody in particular, Jen Shaw had a lot to say about your marriage. I feel like there were some things brought to the table from her side that maybe never would have been brought to the table because of <laughs> just like because you didn't bring them up and, and and I feel like you you sort of took the high road because you were like you know there are things that I could say about people's marriages but I didn't and I, you know was was that was that an approach that you had to the show which was like there are things I'm just not I'm not going to bring up in other people's lives even if I know about them because it's crossing a line yeah I mean the reality is you know there's a lot of projecting that goes on and deflecting you know I think that I was sort of a scapegoat in that way, which is fine. I really don't care. I believe what Jennifer has to say or not. I I, I don't really care one way or the other. I know what Seth and I went through and Seth Seth knows what we went through. And quite frankly, that's all that matters at the end of it. So I don't really care what anybody else thinks of my marriage. It's up to us. And we've worked really hard to be where we are and we're happy and that's all that matters. But I don't know if there's a hard, fast line, but I will say this. If you are my friend, I am not going to talk about your family. I'm not going to talk about your marriage. I'm not going to talk about poorly about your business. There are certain things to me that if you're my friend, you don't cross that line. So totally, totally. And, and, if you're and not if they- my friend anymore, then... Then maybe you I do, get right? Blurred. <laughs> exactly. And I think that that brings up a kind of a you know friendship to me. You and Lisa were our our BFF, were BFF kind of the whole season. I thought that you guys were such a fun duo together, and you've been friends for years. But it seems like there was a moment towards the end of the season um, in Vegas when she found out that you guys had been seeing other people, and then she comes back from Vegas. She goes to hang out with Jen Shaw, and there is sort of that. There, it seems like there was like a slight trust issue just I don't know if that was a long-term thing or just in that moment where do you and Lisa stand now because I feel like up until that point it had been really smooth sailing for your friendship at least on camera yeah no it it definitely was you know I was kind of surprised myself watching that moment because you know my initial reaction when I saw it was like wait a minute Lisa why is this about you this is about me and Seth like I don't get it And then as I thought it through, I was like, oh, yeah, her feelings are hurt. You know, I do get it. She felt left out. And yeah, yeah, and and I get that. But on the flip side, I also understand like, okay, I'm working through and tell anyone anything, you know, and and that was really kind of where I where I felt. But I do understand why she was hurt. I didn't at first. It took me a few minutes to get my head around it. But I eventually (laughs) did. I'm like, okay, I get it. It makes sense to me. But, you know, the reality of it is, and, and like you said, then Lisa did also start getting much closer to Jen, which definitely hurt my feelings a little bit. And, you know, and I've told her that, but that's okay. Like she can be friends with Jen. That's my whole thing. I've said it all the time. Everybody should be friends with who they want to be friends with. And I have confidence in Lisa that she's perfectly capable of being good friends to people who maybe 
aren't such good friends to one another. Right. Um, not that I'm saying I wasn't a good friend to Jen because I actually was, but whatever. <laughs> Another point. Um, right. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think she has confidence in her. You know, she knows what loyalty means. She knows what, you know, keeping people's Secrets opinions mean, yeah. and ideas true. Yeah, I mean, she, she can do it. I, I have yeah. full faith in Lisa. So she's do I. Good. She's yeah. a, she's so do a I. good friend to me. And I'm, you know, I, I, I have no reason to believe that that will change. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, again, that's sort of, to me, the approach maybe that I would take is that I think that other people haven't, other people have not taken, which is like, you can be friends with two people who aren't necessarily friends with each other and that or who aren't maybe on good terms as, as long as you sort of keep those boundaries. So I'm glad that you, that, that you have, that you have full faith in, in Lisa, because you guys are so fun together. Yeah, no, she's, she, she'll work it out. She's not going to hurt me. I mean, look, anything's possible, but I doubt right. it. I highly uh, doubt yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a separately, you know, I think that, you know, it seems like you like to let Brooks sort of speak for himself when it comes to talking about his time on the show. And I think that, but I do want to ask you just sort of as his mom, you know, I, I felt like it was very clear from the first scene that he was in that he was going to be some sort of breakout breakout character from from this show. Just like the impression that he made, and just he was to me, he was clearly like such like a star, and just had this sort of like aura. And he he had your dry sense of humor. As his mom, sort of, did, have you always sort of felt that from Brooks that he kind of had this like kind of not, maybe not star quality, but just sort of like this kind of like an X factor where he just like is entertaining and, and he's funny and, and he's kind of, he's great on camera. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, Brooks was in a Broadway play when he was seven years old. He's oh, always I didn't know that. been drawn to this world, so to speak. Yeah, he, he, he was at seven. And, you know, he did a lot of like modeling and stuff like that over the years. I have always thought he has this je ne sais quoi about him. And I also like, yeah, I was totally surprised by all of it, to be honest. I'm his mom. Like, he's my baby. That's all. Right. That's it. You know, there's, to me, that's it. I don't see it in another way. But I'm very proud of him. I will say I'm that. Sure. He's an amazing, amazing kid and a really kind soul, soft soul, you know, so supportive beyond, beyond anything anyone could comprehend. I do think that it's interesting. I think that, like, maybe half of the audience has him somewhat misunderstood and mm. half really gets him. And, you know, the half that gets him great and the half that doesn't, I think, again, with, for him, I think the half that doesn't really kind of takes his sarcasm very seriously and they don't get that he's like kidding. Right, exactly. Serious. Maybe because we're all a little monotone. I don't know, <laughs> you know, but... Yeah, but Brooks okay. is like honestly the kindest soul ever, the most supportive. It, it, it's insane. It's truly insane mm -hmm. what a, a kind human being he is. Yeah, and, and and it's also been kind of fun to watch the kind of reaction to his tracksuit. And I keep, I feel like every day on Twitter, I'm scrolling and I see somebody post that they had ordered it and 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 they're wearing it now. I think that must also be cool as as his mom and somebody who's also in the fashion world. It's great to see. I mean, he keeps selling out, you know. I know he's working on some new things and getting awesome. some new stuff out there, but he's like okay, he he wants to be done with the tracksuit now. I'm like, "No, if you keep selling out, you might as well do one more drop, you know, whatever." So obviously, we are at we the finale was last week. Tonight is the first part of the reunion. They're going to be three parts. You know, I heard that the reunion was a very, very long taping for you guys, which is why it's going to be three parts. Um, and you obviously can't tell me too much, but 
what was that what was that experience overall like for you to kind of jump back in rehash everything uh and just sort of like and then hopefully be able to move on after that talking about sort of just rehashing it it's definitely unusual because i think that so often in life we have these interactions experiences that maybe are positive maybe are negative either way we usually don't go back to them over again and um you know a lot of the times where when you have issues that get as volatile some of the issues do they just walk away and you know and that doesn't happen here so mm -hmm. um so that was interesting i i didn't really know what to expect from anybody um so it was uh, i was very anxious going in i think um i think that shows in in the first part of it you can see that i'm like definitely on edge and a bit nervous mm -hmm. um and then i start to relax and okay. i'm okay. like okay this is you gonna see? be fine i get right. it now <laughs> right totally what is are, are there are there going to be moments where maybe people are going to be surprised about sort of the outcome or some of the, the face-offs that happen because already from the trailer it's, it's kind of hard to predict what how it's going to go yeah i i think it will be interesting i don't know because you know obviously we were there for a very very like 12 long hours day. right right and it's getting condensed so i'm not really sure what's going to be highlighted and what's not going to be highlighted myself but there could be some big surprises it depends okay. it depends okay. on, on what everybody well, sees I just it's a wait know. it's a wait and see moment it's a wait and see moment yeah <laughs> i have to wait and see myself <laughs> um and you know trying to wrap it up here obviously andy cohen has, has confirmed a second season we haven't confirmed who is going to be part of it you know obviously i've heard that everyone's coming back and i don't think you can confirm that but if you were to come back for a second round would would you approach any differently now that you've kind of done this this one time through um, is there anything that you would would change about how you approach the show or or I don't know like what did, what would you kind of do differently you know it's interesting because like I said I knew so little about what I was getting into that I kind of was just like thanks to just live your life you know what are you doing what do you have going on this week da, 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 you know and in the weirdest ways, I think that was truly my biggest asset is I had such little knowledge. So you had so much authenticity there because I, I wouldn't have known how to play it any other way because I didn't know enough about any of the process. And I also think like, had I watched much more of this, I probably would not have had the attitude of disengagement that I had. And I think it was positive that I did because that is who I am. Right. And that is how I behave. And, you know, for the most part, I think it was very well received by people. I think they respect it, whether they like it or not, they have respect for it. Right. And so I, I, I know more, but I'm going to try to go in with the same exact attitude I went in with. Obviously. Yeah, that's nice. We're all shaped by our knowledge, but I, I, I still want to just be true to who I am. And if that yeah. means that, you know, there are certain things that are a no-go for me to talk about, that's what it means, you know? Totally. I mean, okay. and, and, you know, and, and I'm disengaging just became honestly like the more that the, the, the couple more times that it happened, it is, it, it made it this thing that people just started to pick up on and love and, and start repeating. And, you know, that must have been kind of fun because not everyone gets sort of like a catchphrase in their first season. Like, like you really have this, this iconic phrase that people are using all the time now. 
Yeah, well, and I think it's healthy and positive. And, and honestly, it all stemmed from the therapy that, you know, I was going through individually and in couples, I, I kept being taught, like, if you're in a situation where it's too heated and you know that the outcome is not going to be what you want, time out, disengage. disengage. You know, it's to me, why, why talk to someone who's, who, where, when it's escalating to a point where they're just going to say things they don't mean, you're going to get angry. And it's just going to go south from there. There's nothing positive that comes of it. So, and I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I'm right. not interested in hearing someone on an angry rant. I'm interested in hearing someone discuss their feelings with me, level-headed, calm, and explain to me what upsets them. And then I'm happy to work on it and try to resolve it if I can. Totally. Well, I love that. It, I didn't realize it had come from couples therapy. I think that's awesome. That it's, it, it really is this, this, this approach to situations that people can can take and it's it's really a useful tool and an iconic phrase so it's a two and it's a two for one if you ask me so <laughs> oh, thank you thank you i love hearing it because i just think it's important i think it's for like, sure it's a coping mechanism at yeah. the end of the day exactly you, know, you, you you know you're at a point of no return it's not going to get positive until everyone calms down so totally disengage That's it. <laughs> disengage and so don't speak to me without respect. That's the other thing. I don't, you know. That's I, an important I, I, caveat. I won't trade. Well, Meredith, it's time to disengage from this interview. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but before we do, I would love for you to just kind of plug, plug what you need to plug. Where, where can people follow you outside of the show? Obviously, we have a couple more episodes of Real House of Salt Lake City, but where can people follow Meredith Marks? Uh, so I'm on Instagram at Meredith Marks, on Twitter at Meredith Marks Zero. I have a TikTok, but I need to start working on it. So I don't know how much following you want to do there yet. Um, but, but it exists. And of course, my website, MeredithMarks.com, where we have um, jewelry and some apparel designs that I've done and some disengaging merchandise. <laughs> yes, disengaging merchandise. Get press the, press the buy button right now. So I will be doing that right after this interview. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you so much, Meredith. Um, and I can't wait to hopefully see you on a second season of Real Hostels of Salt Lake City. Thank you so much. This was Yeah, fun. of course, it was. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for listening. For more celebrity interviews, subscribe to We Should Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us as any show of support you can give us would be greatly appreciated. You can follow me at Gibsonoma on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow In The Know at In The Know on Twitter and at Watch In The Know on Instagram. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.